It's time to explore the unexplained, to delve into the mysteries of our world and the realms beyond, to seek out the answers to phenomena that defy conventional explanation. Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Karen Frazier and Chucky G, where that journey begins. Good evening, everyone. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark with your host, Chucky G and Chucky G and Chucky G and Chucky G and Chucky G. Because, unfortunately, my partner in crime, Karen Frazier, is not here this evening. She's dealing with some family functions, which family is always important. It always comes first. So I will man the battle stations. I will do the best I can with the help of the lovely Everessence producer, Cheryl. Hi, Cheryl. Hi, Chuck. How you How's doing? That was a nice intro. Thank you. Hi, thank you very much. <laughs> yes, we're gonna we're just gonna get roll right, right along. We have um, a very interesting show this evening. I have yes. to point out. Um, I, I will I will announce him according to the author name, and then we call him Gavin. But G. L. Davies, author of the most haunted house and ghost sex, the violation. He is the creator of ParanormalChronicles.com and became sole owner of Pembrokeshire Beyond in uh, January of 2015, too. Um, we're going to talk about all sorts of things that go bump in the night. Uh, a little bit uh, creepy, a little bit interesting, a little bit of everything. So um, it, it's going to be a very interesting show. So you're going to want to stick around, grab yourself something to eat, something yourself something to drink, sit your butts down, and don't go anywhere. Okay? That's that's an order. Got all it. Right, good. Done. So... Um, What's what's new in the life of the, the Knights? I shouldn't say Cheryl Knight because it's not really Knight. It's the Wilson Knights and the Knight Wilsons. How am I supposed to say that? Is it Knight Wilson? When you're talking to me, it's Knight Wilson residence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really confused now. You Knight are. Wilson. Knight Wilson. Yes. Okay. Um, when you're talking to Chad, I think it's the Wilson Knight residence. I don't know how it goes for men, but yeah. Oh, all right. Um, gotcha. Yeah, no, we're just uh, working on the magazine. Almost got the f the March issue done. It'll hopefully be out this weekend. It's another um, good one, I must say, due to our writers' uh, brilliance. We have yes. a lot of, uh, obviously, um, you know, much of the same columns, and we cover a wide variety of topics, you know, from ghosts and hauntings to, mm -hmm. you know, uh, cryptozoology to, um, you know, extraterrestrial visitation and, the su and yeah. such, and just yep. all, you know, metaphysics. You know, crystals and herbology. We cover a, a wide spectrum, so I'm excited about our next issue. I know, and I gotta get. I got. I have to get an article. And I know I skipped a couple just because. Well, my life's kind of like up and down. You're, I'm in fact. You're busy. I'm in all boxes. I'm all in boxes yeah. right now. I next week. Um, next weekend is when I move from oh. one son to the other son. So okay, fun. Well, fun or not fun, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no, it'll be okay. Yeah, it, it'll be okay. It's cool. You know, I like my other son. He's awesome. And I, I love my daughter-in-law to be Tara. So um, I, I look forward to it. It'll be a good change. Uh, get my creative juices flowing. Um, he's got an area already set down there with the desk and everything where I can uh, assimilate next to him. So once I'm in... Then I will. I promise an article will be coming. So I'm excited. I, I I miss your articles because you come up with some interesting stuff that most of the time I I've actually never heard of. So <laughs> I, I get educated, and I love that. So, I know yeah. you're reading it going. What the heck is this? Yes, I'm like. Yeah, I, I have to look it up a lot of times what you're talking about. So. Well, I, I got to try to you know, be different, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, okay, well, let's let's just roll into you know that fun part of the the uh, show. Can we please? Just when you thought the world couldn't get any weirder, it's time for news of the strange and the odd. 
Oh, okay. All right. So we have some interesting little tidbits for you today. Um, I'm going to start with this one. Uh, there's not really any like sufficient ending as I'm as far as I'm concerned, but I'm going to read it anyways. A massive hole with stairs has appeared in a family's garden. I was like, say what? Yes, a family has been left baffled after a deep hole opened up on their front lawn with rusty steps leading into the darkness. The more than two meter deep hole appeared when homeowners Emma James was mowing the lawn, but cause is still a mystery. There are a few rusty steps leading down into the dark two by two feet hole, which is currently isn't big enough to squeeze down. Emma, 45, and her husband, Kevin, 48, even contacted the company who built the house back in 1984 with no luck of finding out what the hole leads to. Emma stated that it's really odd as there are steps which lead down, but we don't know what to do and there is no lid or cover on it. Uh, we first thought it, it had a metal casing, but there is concrete down there with metal steps. It just seems as though it has been forgotten about, but there must be a planning record somewhere to explain what it is. We just want someone to come out, tell us what it is, so we can sort it out. I don't want to leave just a hole in my front lawn. I don't want to fill it in in case there's something historic down there, but it could just be a septic tank or something. It's just a mystery at the moment. School teaching assistant Emma said the couples have lived in the house for eight years with no previous problems. But back in November, she noticed the dip in the grass, and one day when she was mowing the lawn, the ground felt spongy. Emma goes on saying, uh, it was giving away as I was standing on it, and there was clearly a little hole there, so we got a shovel to move the grass roots, and it just caved in. She says it was quite a bit scary. We all jumped back, but when we looked down, we couldn't see anything. We haven't dug any more around it as if I'm not sure if it's safe and I don't want to make it worse. I just hope that another hole doesn't appear somewhere suddenly. Nobody wants to know about it, and we all nobody wants to nobody wants to know about it, and we all just need somebody to come out and have a look and tell us what it is and what we can do about it. I would think I'd want to know about it. Mm -hmm. Someone could fall down in it. Over Christmas, we had cars parked on there, so they they could have actually fallen in. Kevin has contacted the local council and utilities company, but no one is claiming responsibility for the hole. So, as a safety precaution, they have used a couple of cones and a piece of wood to keep people from falling into it. For now, until now, someone travels down the hole to investigate. I guess it's just going to remain a mystery. So, when I saw the picture of the hole, and it's actually, it is like a, it's not a very big hole, but you can actually see like, metal steps on the side going down in there that's what i was going to ask you did they have a picture of the hole because i'm curious yeah. to see the hole myself yeah yeah they did uh, you can go to paranormal um well i just go to uh, phantoms and monsters uh okay uh, you know and you can find the the uh i didn't have a, a direct line to this one uh, like some of them so but it was like yeah i looked at the hole and there's a hole and then there's like the steps and um i'm like hmm, interesting but you know it could be like an old sewer too or something couldn't you think i, I mean, was gonna say okay well is it like an old bomb shelter is it yeah it's underground right plumbing i mean i don't know what is it a, a portal to hell i mean i just what is it i know <laughs> that's, that's the first thing it's a portal to hell oh my god but you know it's probably something really mundane you know they're gonna there's gonna be like a poop tank down there or something yeah. like, oh, really yeah so you know well, and stairs so, though stairs that's pretty interesting rusty stairs no less. yes that's pretty exactly. interesting yeah, they're, yeah they're like tiny little stairs that are in the side of the it's it's weird yeah you have to see it i'm gonna All look right, that so, one up Okay, well, here's another one. This is from ExtremeTech.com by Jessica Hall. This one is, scientists grow Velopteraptor leg on a chicken. That is correct. I don't know why they did it, but they did. Okay. It's just in from what could possibly go wrong, department. <laughs> scientists from the University of Chile, headed by Hoey 
Motello genetically manipulated chickens so that would grow up with legs like dinosaurs. They apparently did not notice the major premise of the latest Jurassic Park movie because this really looks like someone in a lab coat thought, let's make a creature grow up to express more Velociraptor-like traits and just see what happens. But that's not even the craziest part. The craziest part is that to do this, the researchers didn't insert genes for an organism. They just silenced a gene the chickens already had. So they didn't add one. They just silenced one. Okay, that's a little weird. Now, they didn't build a chicken that looks like something just cut and pasted a leathery green raptor leg onto it, but it's close enough for government work. You see, chickens have a detached and diminished fibula. It's that tiny pin-like bone we hate in chicken legs. Suppressed by one of the genes responsible for the difference between raptors and chickens, which I didn't even know that there was a connection. In this case, it's called... Indian hedgehog, which is important to bone development, resulting in chickens that develop a full-length tubular fibula connected at the ankle. They ended up with chickens possessed of bone structure that matches the lower leg anatomy of a raptor. So how's that one for you, huh? I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it, any part I, of it. No. I start, I start picturing these chickens running <laughs> off dinosaur raptor legs and you're trying to get the stinking eggs and they're like trying to rip your arms apart with the claws and the, I don't know it's just weird it's it's weird it's scary I don't want to even see that picture imagine going like the KFC or something you pick up a chicken <laughs> it's got the it's got the why, why is there claws on the end of this no, chicken leg thank you it's pretty creepy yeah alright the last one is um, ABC News by Aaron Dooley and, and Jeffrey Cook. Um, remember, it's been two years since the Malaysia Airlines flight vanished, leaving the families of 239 passengers and crew devastated and the desperate answers they never got. All right, investigators remain perplexed about what happened on the Boeing 777, uh, which has likely ended in the Indian Ocean. What he can't say is how or why it got there. That was the prime minister who said that. Uh, the jet bomb for Beijing, of course, we know, took off from the airport shortly after midnight. Local time, about 26 minutes into the flight at 107, the plane set its final automated data transmission. Sometime between 107 and 137, when the next transmission was scheduled, the automated data system was shut off. At 119 came the final radio transmission. Good night, Malaysian 370. Two minutes later, at 121, the jet's transponders, which communicates local information, also switched off. Those two separate actions, turning off the data transmission system in the transponder, suggest that someone might have been alive and conscious inside the cockpit, uh, bolstering the hypothesis that uh, the radar data, which shows that four minutes after the transponder shut off, the plane deviated from its planned route, doubling back on itself and flying back over Malaysia, then north along the Malika Strait until it eventually dropped off the radar. According to rudimentary satellite data, the only data available since the data system and transponder had been shut off, the aircraft continued to fly for about six hours until it likely ran out of fuel over the Indian Ocean at just 8.19 in time. Of course, you know, they did the search uh, for days following. Uh, they, you know, they widened the search zone to a, a staggering, like I think it was 23,000 miles off land and sea centering around Malaysia. Eventually, after more than a thorough analysis of satellite data, the search was expanded to 46,000 square miles in the Indian Ocean, which investigators scoured the sea for pings from the jets black box, which records audio from the flight deck and data. At the request of Malaysian government, Australian authorities are now leading the search for the missing plane and its 239 occupants. The search area includes depths of over six miles amid underwater mountain ranges. Some of the most 
world's most inhospitable terrain. Um, debris, the first piece of debris, which was a barnacle-encrusted flaberon, washed ashore on a small French island in 2015 of July, almost a year and a half after the jet disappeared. It was later sent to uh, forensics analysis and confirmed to be part of that plane. Uh, six months later, an American blogger discovered a piece of what appears to be the Boeing 777 on a sandbar in Mozambique. Officials are working to confirm the piece comes from the jet as well. Uh, so what now? Investigators are set to complete the investigation of the search zone this summer when the funding runs out. But if they fail to unearth the plane, authorities from Malaysia, Australia, and China will hold a meeting on how to move forward. Um, that is what we're up to right now with this. So they still haven't really gotten much of anything. They're yeah. trying, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, but that's like, I can't believe it's over a year and a half already at least more that's oh, probably more now because i think that was a little bit older but um you gotta wonder you know i mean it could have just crashed down in the in the ocean but why were my question is why was everything shut off mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. who f- flipped all the switches to get it all shut down and why were they yeah, going to shut happened? that down you know what i mean it's, or wouldn't they want they'd want to leave it going if they know they were going to crash because they could be found yeah, I mean it's it's obviously a huge mystery. It's it's tragic. People, you know, families especially, families, you know, friends, they want answers. And it just is just it's a, I mean, I just still can't believe that that really aside from the debris that you mentioned that nothing really has been found. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of sad. Know. Yeah, it's very sad. So, um yeah, so tonight we're going to, you know, we're going to be talking ghosts, folks, and um some not not so quite so nice. Um, I wanna, uh, I really wanna talk to him to find out. I have like, well, I have a bunch of questions, but um, I wanna find out, like, uh, you know, of course, about him also, not just the the books and the things the books entail, but I also like to always find out about the guests that we have on. Um, we have a lot, a lot of other guests that are really good coming up, also. I'm, I'm assuming. I think next week isn't next. Next week is. Um, I think it's my buddies from Resident Undead, aren't? Isn't that true? Yes. Yeah. Next week's show, which is March twenty fourth, mm-hmm. uh, we're welcoming. Uh, we'll be talking to Adam Kimmel and Rebecca Kirschbaum. They're from <laughs> Resident Undead. Oh, I'm so excited! So that should be really fun. Um, and, you know, uh, yeah. Do you know that you know that Chad from Ghost Stalkers. You know that show. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Chad. I can't last name. He, him, him, and those guys did a, a thing at the infirmary that 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 Adam Kimmel owns. Oh, really? Yeah, they did oh, like a whole like okay. a investigation. So I'm gonna I want to find out about that too. So, but uh, yeah, yeah, but tonight it's all about Gavin. Awesome. Can I call him, yeah, can I call him the Gavin Man? I don't know. Probably, probably I I don't know. You could ask you, him. <laughs> author. Yes. I don't know. He's probably gonna go. Why am I getting on the show with this crazy man? Oh no! Well, it'll it'll be it'll be very interesting. Like you said, it's uh, a yeah. um, the the two books that uh, Gavin wrote are you know pretty serious topics and oh um, yeah definitely and uh, I and I haven't talked to anybody about like Incubus and Succubus you know mm-hmm. uh, Incubus being the male version of a, uh, a ghost with sexually with a ghost and then of course Succubus being the female mm-hmm. so I've never really understood the whole premise I mean I knew about the movie The Entity yeah you know which just was just crazy and blew my mind but uh and this when i started looking at some of it because i got to at least take pieces of the book and and check it out i have i have it now so i can read it all i'll be reading it later but um i uh i just it's hard for me to wrap my head around it you know what i mean the whole premise i mean what do you think i mean is it 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 is it is hard to wrap your mind around i mean it's terrifying to wrap your mind around in particular i guess what we're talking about is like the entity 
alike cases. Um, and and mm-hmm. so, for instance, Gavin's book, Ghost, Sex, the Violation, um, yes. you know, that topic is, I mean, okay, you know, ghosts can touch you. Ghosts can hurt you. Um, it's terrifying to think about. I'm sure it doesn't happen very often. That's just a guess on my part that it doesn't happen very often. It's probably extremely right. rare, but just the fact that it can happen. Why? I want to know why does it happen in certain cases? You know, what, you know, in the entity case, there was a lot of discussion about why it happened. You know, what was mm-hmm. the cause? Yeah. What was the cause? You know, was it psychologically induced? Was it the location? You know, there's all these different theories about what causes a ghost to a, to attack um, someone sexually or yeah. it, it just well, attack someone at all. But um, mm-hmm. so it's just, it's, it's a mind, it's, it's just blows my mind when I think about it. And then what do you do? What if you come under attack in some, some way, shape or form from a, from a ghost? What can you, right. what can you do? I don't know that we're going to get into that tonight, but mm-hmm. if right. we do, we do, but I just, it opens up a whole range of, of questions and, you know, and that's so true too, because I mean it's no different than you know people go oh you know that couldn't happen it's like well it's no different than someone saying I got pushed, mm-hmm. I got choked, I got scratched, I got thrown across the room, mm-hmm. I got something thrown at me. I mean it's it's a it's a force of energy um, directed right. in a particular way, and, it, and if it's got intelligence behind it, that's even scarier because they have the upper hand. You can't see them if they can actually see you because they're intelligent and it's it, it's directed at you. Then evidently they can. Right. figure out where you're at so you know that just makes it even creepier so yeah i i mean i've i mean as far as my paranormal experiences with what i think are ghosts or yeah. spirits deceased spirits mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. involve hearing things um yes even um seeing things move mm-hmm. um i don't i i'm not sure if i got scratched i mean i've i i got scratched once after hearing something and i'm not sure if i did it to myself or if it that's the only thing that i can think of that may have been physical contact for yes. from my own experiences i don't but huh? i can't really say for sure even yeah. with any type of certainty if i hadn't i might have scratched my neck myself you know i just don't know right. it just started right, exactly. burning you know shortly after i had heard something Mm-hmm. And um, it was just one tiny little scratch on my neck, but I might have done it myself. So uh, I, I've never really had the physical experiences that some people have had. You know, some people get tapped. I, I did think that I got tapped on my shoulder a couple times mm-hmm. in our apartment. But then again, yeah. I, I don't know if I if I was creating a heightened sense of um, of. Uh, you know, because some experience mm-hmm. had been happening, yeah. you know, you yes. see what I'm saying? And I don't know if yes. I myself created a, a heightened sense of awareness. And I don't know if somebody really did tap me on the shoulder yeah. or not. Yep. Um, Waverly. Mm-hmm. What about Waverly. Waverly? Wait, Chad wrote Waverly down on a notepad. Oh. I'm trying to figure out what he's talking yeah, about. Oh, happened? Waverly. Oh. Okay, here's yes. a, right now. We got to go in just a minute. But no, Waverly, we got to come. Let's go ahead. We, we mm-hmm. investigated Waverly Hills Sanatorium a, okay. few, a few years back. All right. And I want to say it was probably 2012. Was it 2012, Chad? 2010. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay, 2010. Okay. And I halfway through, I got really violently sick. And okay. I, it was about, it was an eight hour investigation, about four mm-hmm. hours in, I was sick. I mean, really bad, bad. I mean, oh, it was terrible. And so I had to just hang out in the gift shop with my head down on the table and, you know, run back and forth to the bathroom. Sorry, graphic. Um, and then um, once we left, fine, mm-hmm. perfect, 100%, no problem. So that kind of environmental, that's, uh, that, I mean, I didn't feel like I was touched while I was there, right. but I feel like yeah. something may, may have affected me. 
Mm -hmm. Obviously, I have no evidence to say that it did other than it was strange that I was all of a sudden really sick and then really not sick upon leaving the property. So it just it was very odd. So I don't know if you've had any experiences with being physically touched by something you can't see. Yeah, I've I've been tapped on the back and uh, stuff like that. I've had uh, Mm -hmm. I've had redness appear, you know, and I think a lot of times what you're talking about is, is corrected. I don't know if it's, you know, exactly but with the tapping, I think maybe um possibly an entity you know mm-hmm. if it's got the physical uh, you know the, the energy enough to do that physically but um you know sometimes with the burning and the scratching i think it all can be environmental too if it's sure. if it's energy in yeah. the in the supposed area and it's now changing the whole environment mm-hmm. and it can affect our bodies in a certain way it's just like when you get a rash from something or something else i think that you know that's an also i mean something you should at least look into you know as possibilities so. oh yeah i agree for sure. All right. Well, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a little breaky poo, right. and then we're going to come back with uh, Gavin to uh, start discussing all sorts of stuff with him. Great. So right now you you are listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark on MixLR. Um, we'll be right back. Hey everyone, it's Karen Frazier from Paranormal Underground Radio. I'm here to tell you about my latest book, Pioneer Spirits, Investigating the Haunted Lewis County Historical Museum. In the book, I got together with Patty Valdez, South Sound Paranormal Research. SSPR has actually interacted with the ghosts at the Lewis County Historical Museum for more than seven years, and the experiences that I've had there as a volunteer and paranormal investigator have been significant. So I'm excited to share the story of the ghosts there with you. I hope you'll pick up a copy of Pioneer Spirits so that you too can know what it's like to encounter one of Washington State's most active haunts. This book is available on Amazon.com or you can visit my website at authorkarenfraser.com. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground? Then tweet us on Twitter at Paranormal UG. Or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground. There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite social networking site today. My name is Daryl E. Berry Jr., longtime practitioner, researcher, and explorer of things metaphysical, mystical, and cutting edge, and founder and director of Next Density, a research education and development effort for personal and thus global progress, transformation, and development. My current and upcoming books include Travel Far, Classes on A Course in Miracles, and Next Density. For my books and other writings, videos, interviews, public talks, and workshops, and to schedule for consultations, classes, and courses, visit DarylEBerryJr.com or NextDensity.org. Next Density. Change yourself. 
So you're looking for the best in paranormal radio. Well, you just found it right here on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. Join me, Chucky G, and my awesome co-host, Karen Frazier, for topics ranging from the metaphysical to the unexplained. That's right. Every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and other times in the flyover states on MixLR, we will delve into all things paranormal. And along the way, we hope to entertain you and have a few laughs as well. So join us on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, exploring the unexplained. Hello, everyone. We are back. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark with your host, me, Chucky G. And also, you know, the wonderful producer, Cheryl Knight Wilson. See, I said it right this time. Why, right, thank you. And now, da, 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 we had like a drum roll. Just go. It's time for our guest. Gavin. Hello, Gavin. How you doing? Good evening, Chucky. Good evening, Cheryl. Thank you so much for allowing me to come on your wonderful show. I'd like to say good evening to everyone in the chat room. I've been enjoying your comments. And to everyone from the Paranormal Chronicles that is staying up late tonight to witness this wonderful show. Thank you very much. And I'm sorry about what happened a few weeks ago. We had a wild storm and I couldn't connect you guys. So I'm finally here. We're going to have a good show. We'll have a good time. Yes, we are. We're going to have a lot of fun because I have lots of lots and lots and lots and lots of questions. So don't worry about it. Excellent. We'll, we'll, Bring we'll them on. <laughs> All right. And you can, yeah. And you can call me Gavin, man. I like that. You Gavin, Gavin, man. man. Yeah, yeah. See, I knew you'd let me do that. There you go. All right, Gavin, man. <laughs> Here we go. So um, first of all, you know, before we get into the books and um theories and thoughts and all that wonderful stuff i kind of like to know a little bit about you oh and look and his camera pops on it's a beautiful room by the way i can't see you but i see a beautiful room i'll come in um, there we are hello oh, oh are. such a handsome man i have to tell uh, you i'm well right, so what can i say that's uh, okay so okay so tell me um what uh how did you like get into i guess first of all the paranormal and then slash writing we can just kind of cover the whole uh, spectrum there doing it that way yeah, definitely. When when I was four years old, my father was in the Royal Air Force and we travelled around the United Kingdom quite a bit and we took up residence in an old mill. It was a converted mill that had been made into a residence and we lived there with some friends. I was only four years old. can't remember a huge amount about the time, but um, as I grew up, uh, my father always used to tell me that I had an imaginary friend, which is something I'm really, really interested in to this day. Um, so I had this imaginary friend and the detail I could give of this imaginary friend was very vivid. Um, I could describe conversations, what he was wearing, and, and whatnot. Now, uh, this, this imaginary friend, he was a gentleman, he wore a waistcoat, he had a top hat on, he had a chain on his waistcoat, and he used to smoke a pipe, and that was my imaginary friend. Now, one night, I was in bed, and my parents and their friends were at the table having dinner, having, a, uh, having an adult conversation. And the room smell, uh, filled with the smell of uh, tobacco aroma. And in the corner, the ladies' witness uh, materialized a Victorian gentleman. So my, my imaginary friend perhaps wasn't actually imaginary at all. And it might have actually been of a more paranormal essence. Now, being only four years old, I can't really give much validity more than what I was told. So every Christmas we would be talking about ghosts. I loved Christmas at my household. We'd always get around to ghosts and the paranormal. Mm -hmm. and, and it was such a wonderful subject. Now, when I was 10 years old, 
my teacher in school did a very strange thing. Rather than reading us Roald Dahl or, or uh, some children's books of that, of that ilk, she decided to read us a book called The Uninvited. Now, The Uninvited was a, was a, was a book about um, uh, a family that were terrorized by aliens uh, literally five miles from where I lived in a, in a little sea, sea resort called Broadhaven. And the story was terrifying. It was UFOs, disembodied hands, cattle mutilations, all kinds of weird and wonderful things. And uh, it terrified me. I went home absolutely mortified. I, I, I thought this was a reckless thing to do. And mm. my, I went to bed very upset. And my dad came home from work and he said, what's happened? And I said about this book and he said, look, do you believe in ghosts? And I said, I don't know. I, I'm on the fence. And he said, do you remember that imaginary friend you had when, when you were little? I was like, yeah. And he said, well, it wasn't that bad, was it? It might have actually been a ghost. He said, it didn't hurt you, did it? And I said, no. And he said, uh, it's the living that will do you harm. They're the ones that will let you down, not the actual dead. And I said, okay. And he said, have we ever seen a UFO? And we had when I was about seven. We saw this big bright light um, traverse some hedges into, into across a field and into the clouds. We illuminated the clouds. And uh, we actually ran home. And he said, were we frightened? And I was like, yeah, we were terrified. He's like, no, we weren't. We were just in a rush to get home. And I was like, no, we actually ran. But the point was, he said, the, the universe, the world, is a wonderful place to explore, and the paranormal is just another layer to that world. If there are such things, it should be explored and examined. You shouldn't be, fr you shouldn't be frightened of it. You shouldn't just dismiss it. He said you should explore it. And from that moment, I had an insatiable appetite to try and digest as much as I could on the paranormal. Mm -hmm. So at the age of uh, 10, 11, I was doing my own paranormal investigations. There was an old ruined building by us, and there was a legend and a, of, of, a, of a white lady. And uh, we used to investigate down there. And you kind of become diluted to the fears of the paranormal. And more, you know, you, you, you have this appetite to see or witness something. Mm -hmm. And that's how it all began. And then over the years, uh, my... Uh, my input into the paranormal waxed and waned depending on where I was in my life, obviously education, work and settling down with, with, with a family and whatnot. And now at the age of 40, over the last couple of years, I've been able to, to dedicate a lot more time to a subject I have a huge amount of love and passion for. Um, and then that's, then started writing. Hmm. Well, that's, um, I think that's, well, first of all, I think it's cool that your dad, um, you know, handled that that way, uh, as far as showing you that, you know, you didn't have to fear everything, you know, um, that, uh, it could be good as well as bad. Cause you always, you know, you, we, we know there's bad and good and everything, but, uh, to take that, that, that tone to go, first of all saying, you know, this is good. I think that was a uh, hats off to him for doing that. Um, so, so, you know, with your imaginary friend, you're talking about that and spirits and such. What, I mean, what is your take on, I mean, the paranormal as a whole? I mean, are you a true believer? Are you sort of a believer? Are you in between? I mean, where are you in the mix of things? I, I sit very firmly in the middle. I know that might seem like a coward's way out, but I have to. No. I think anybody who's a paranormal investigator, we, we have to try and be rational because we don't want to be so skeptical that that anything that is presented to us, we just easily dismiss. And at the right. same time, we don't want to be open, wide, wide open believers where something mundane and rational suddenly becomes a paranormal event. So mm -hmm. I try and sit in the middle and we have to, 
investigate fully to find out what it is. So, for example, um, uh, just from my experience, people have had cold spots, frightening sounds and screeches in their house. And then what you find out is, is that there's a few slates missing off their roof. There's a, there's a hole, there's a, mm -hmm. a nest of birds in the attic, and the cold right. spot is just where the slates have gone. But what mm -hmm. I do say to everyone is, is that there is not a person alive that knows all the in intricacies of, of time, space, and the human mind. There is nobody out there can prove or disprove anything to the paranormal. So um, I'm quite renowned for these skeptics who just dismiss everything when they say, oh, that's rubbish, that's crap, that's, you know, and I say, Okay, you don't believe, but give me an argument why you don't believe. Give me a case to why you don't believe. Don't just dismiss it and say, this is rubbish, this is no good, this is bollocks, as they say a lot on the, on the internet and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a solid answer, because I don't know the answer. I'd like it. I, personally, I think it'd be wonderful if we had spaceships landing on the White House lawn and aliens coming out. I'd love it if <laughs> if we could prove that we could communicate with dead relatives and spirits. I'd love it if we could traverse time and space and other dimensions. I think it'd mm -hmm. make our, our worlds fascinating. And I think if we look at where we were, say, 500 years ago and where we were with science and our beliefs then, Right. You know, we believed that the the uh, the sun went around the earth, and that there was times we believed the earth was flat. Some people still do. What will we be like in five hundred years' time? We might find out that the ghosts are actually dimensional beings that were layered upon our reality, and we might be mm -hmm. able to communicate with them or 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 tap into an energy resource. We just don't know. And 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 that's my answer to everyone: is whatever you do, whether you're a believer or you're a skeptic, give it a lot of thought and give yourself an argument to why it is give yourself a case you know mm -hmm. discuss it that's the right, beautiful exactly. thing well you, you look at it this way even scientists will never say equivocally 100 percent something can't be or it's not possible there's always that one percent that they have to leave out there because they know as well as you know human nature knows that things can change something can pop up that can prove you're wrong just like uh this this species is extinct and all of a sudden boop there they are uh this never existed boop yeah it did so i mean i think it's a, a healthy way of looking at it and to also talk about when you're like a, as i am an investigator going into uh, an area to figure out what truly is happening i think is the best service you can do to the field because by doing that you're uh eliminating all other possibilities and then when you're left with the stuff that just kind of call the head scratch and stuff uh that's when then you can get excited about it look into it see if you can try to recreate it see if you can uh you know try to see if the, what, what changes were in the environment what what different data did i gather what was happening this time who was there what was the you know lunar eclipse you know all these different things so i think it's correct in making that assumption that you need to you need to weed out the other things first so that you're left with what's truly paranormal so then you can go forward and and look at it that way Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. You're a man after my own heart, uh, Chucky. <laughs> well, thank you. You know, I would love to, I'd love to go on an investigation with you. But, but that's exactly right. You know, you, you go in, you eliminate what it is, you go through the process. Um, uh, w one of them uh, with, a, with a junior member of the team, he's quite new, and mm -hmm. he was convinced where we were that, that there was footsteps upstairs. And then we looked at it, and there was two things. One, there was a, a neighbor's cat was actually using the side of the house to go up the roof. So we could get onto another building and then another mm -hmm. thing was one of the rooms 
was exceptionally cold because of uh, it was shadowed by another building. But at certain mm -hmm. times of the day, when the footsteps are heard, uh, partial sunlight was hitting it, so the room was warming up. So mm -hmm. the the wood in the room is expanding and contracting based on the temperature, and it's, it's not that we're trying to be spoil sports and over skeptical. No, right. of course we want to find something. We yeah, want course, to have yeah. like inclusive evidence. There's a <laughs> university in in California is offering one million dollars reward for everyone who can prove the existence of ghosts, and we all secretly want to do that. It's just a mm -hmm. lot harder than it is to do. And and another thing is is we have to be very careful not to be wide open to suggestion because if you go into a building and you say, oh, look, it's haunted, you immediately start looking for elements of the paranormal. If you just go into a building you did know it was haunted and you heard noises, you'd think, oh, it's the pipes, it's this, it's that, there's nothing unusual. So right. you have to always be subjective and look at it as an investigator and say, my role here is is exactly what you said. What 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 plants? What fauna? You know, uh, there's the theory of toxic mold syndrome of uh, mm -hmm. different uh, molds could create spores that create hallucinogenic effects. You mm -hmm. know, I I've gone into buildings wearing gas masks, but yeah. had another colleague not have a gas mask to see if we get the same experiences in the building. I I'm a massive believer during the investigation of the human element of sitting down with your subjects and, and really getting to know this story, bringing them into their story, into their report. How do they feel? What were they thinking? What was going on in their lives? What are mm -hmm. they dreaming? What kind of uh, substances had they had in their body at the time? And just collate all of that evidence so you get a really rounded picture of where that person was in relation to the haunting. Because yes. I'm a big proponent of the psychological fact of that. I think a large mm -hmm. amount of hauntings are actually psychological. Right. Well, yeah, and you think of that too, you know, um, when we talk about the paranormal, at least this is my view, when you talk about the paranormal, you're looking at vibration and energy um, a lot of times. Um, uh, human beings put off energy and their own vibration. So I find it interesting too where certain people can go into a home that is supposed to be haunted, nothing happens, other people go in and something happens. So is it not only the environment, is it also the human element put into that environment with the right settings, the right energy, the right vibrations that bring out the uh, activity, you know? Yeah, definitely, because you've got to think about um, our brains. Like, we only use about 10% of our brains. Now, we're mm. not fully aware of what the other part of the brain does. Now, I work with a wonderful young lady called Karen, um, and she's very susceptible because maybe her brain can can tune into things that my brain can't. I am just like Scully in the X-Files, and, and like I pretty much miss everything. <laughs> Everyone around me is having these great experiences. I've mm -hmm. people screaming, people running around, people all excited, and I'm like, what, what have I missed? And, you know, people got to realize that investigating the paranormal isn't just all about running around with night vision cameras, screaming, show yourself. It can actually be yeah. really mundane and boring at times. You're just in a location, <laughs> nothing's yes. happening. Then you start thinking, I want something to happen. And then you're like, well, I'm betraying myself. But what's not to say that some people are more receptive to the these events, these paranormal events than others. And that's why we have our psychic mediums. That's why we have mm -hmm. our, uh, our people that see more stuff or feel more stuff. I've right. had my own experiences and they've left doubts in my mind. But some people have continual experiences over a large all their lives from the time they're child to the time they die.
Right. Well, yes, it's like it's well, yeah, and you can equate it this way too. Okay, when we're talking about let's just talk about man-made natural things like EMF, okay? We know that EMF can affect the brains of certain people that are highly more sensitive than others. Some people can hallucinate and get sick. Um all sorts of things can happen with EMF. Where other people walk in there and it it doesn't happen to them at all. So, if you were to if you were to equate that to the same as let's take EMF out of the picture, let's put an en- energy into the environment such as an entity or a being of some sort and they're putting off of some kind of vibration or energy uh people would pick it up it would be like the same concept to me you know what i mean i mean that's how i look at it so exactly when Um, i was doing my research for a most haunted house mm -hmm. when i was trying to make sense of what happened there um the uh the police there was a there was a police station in the town and they had a new uh uh, mobile phone carrier attached to their building and the, the mobile phone carrier was, was a technology called Tetra. And at the time, there was loads of po- protests from, from concerned citizens because Tetra was actually a Cold War technology which was used to make people feel agitated and uneasy. But they would somehow harness it so that you could use it to carry a signal. But is in essence, what it had been used for would to play, or not play rather, but, 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 but pulse this signal at soldiers so that they felt very anxious, very paranoid, and it was there to create war weariness, uh, decrease morale. So Mm -hmm. something that was used as a weapon is now being used on a large scale as a communications tool, as a communications device. And in the area, there was was an increase in paranormal activity, and you just got to think, are these things linked at all? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you got infrasound too, you know, where people can put sound out from you know, a mile away or whatever and project that sound to where you might think you're hearing something when it's really something else. I mean, they found infrasound in fans for crying out loud, you know, you got a fan moving and you get infrasound off of that. You got water that does audio matrixing where water will drip and it'll actually sound like someone's calling your voice. Um, so you, you have, you know, you have all these different things that can, that can happen in an, in, a, in, a, in an active location. So, I mean, there's a lot really to, you have you know, carbon monoxide, you know, like you're talking with gas and stuff. So, I mean, you have all sorts of different things that you need to really weed out. So if you're doing it correctly, you're going in with a, an open mind, even if you're hearing the stories or whatever, you need, you, you, like you said, you need to go in with a clear mind, uh, break everything down, data. I, I, I like to record everything data-wise. Mark it all down, look at each separate piece by itself, and then say, okay, now here's what we got that we just can't see, seem to explain. So, I mean, I think that's the, the, the smartest thing to do. So, um, so okay, so we go, we'll talk a little bit about your first book. We're going to go to break in five minutes, but I want to touch on it to start off with. So, A Most Haunted House. So, how did you get involved in the house and writing the book about it? I mean, how did that all come to be? Well, with A with Most Haunted House, um, I did something very bizarre, very strange, uh, which was kind of uh, was a bit of a reveal in the summer. Now, I, I wrote A Most Haunted House uh, three years ago while I was at train stations and bus stops during travel to work. And um, I didn't expect anyone to read it. Um, and um, I put it on Kindle and I didn't even want a charge for it. But you had to put like a minimum charge at that time. And a few people read it and then more people read it. And boom, something, a, a small project, like a little personal goal, 
suddenly, you know, I think something like over 50,000 copies have been read now. And it was it had this phenomenal success. And I'm profoundly dyslexic. If anybody knows me, I'm profoundly dyslexic. It's always been a struggle. I don't say it's a struggle. It's more of a challenge. It's more challenging mm -hmm. for my friends and relatives have to try and make sense of my writing. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't even get it fully edited. And... Mm -hmm. Even if I had got it edited, I probably wouldn't have been able to tell if it was correct or not. But yeah. I didn't even get it properly edited. I didn't, you know, buy a design service or to do the cover. And I just uh, released it and it found its audience. Now, for those who haven't read A Most Haunted House, it's 99 cents at the moment. And if you want, you know, you're more than welcome. If you have Kindle Prime membership, you can just borrow it and read it. And please give me your feedback is that... Moat's Haunted House was a very personal story about two people living in a house that were profoundly affected by a haunting. Now, it was their perspectives. It was done in interview style. It wasn't sensationalising. There was spinning heads and pea soup spitting out everywhere and blood coming <laughs> out the walls. It was about blissful beginnings of two people buying that first home, the young, the career-orientated, and... It just unravels, and as their life unravels, the haunting intensifies. So the, the reader is left to think, is it the fact that the relationship has all these issues that is causing the haunting, or is there no haunting, and it's just psychological and paranoia? Now, the main guy in the book uh, who I called to, to protect his, his uh, identity was called John. Mm -hmm. Now, in the summer, I finally re revealed that I was actually John, and it was my story. And the reason I didn't admit it was because I'd had a break from the paranormal and the, the story dealt with something very, very personal to me because I, I be, as a result of that period of time, I was an alcoholic. I lost my, my, my relationship with someone I loved very much. Uh -huh. um, I lost my job. I lost everything and I lost the house and everything unraveled. And it's always been that thing in my life was, was I fully accountable for what happened at that house or was there actually a haunting? And it, the, the reviews started coming in of people saying, oh, my God, this is such a sad story. Emotionally, I really felt connected in ways that other books hadn't connected to me, where they were just wanted to focus on the events. So it was genuine from my perspective. And I leave the book open. I do not force it down anyone's throat that the haunting was real. I leave it as, was, was all of this just paranoia and, and, and psychological issues? Or was there an actual haunting that caused something so beautiful to dissolve and unravel so quickly because three months in the house, I lost everything. Wow. Okay. All right. So here's what we're going to do. I want to, I want to take, we're going to take a break right now. We're at the top of the hour and then we we come back. We're going to, we'll touch a little bit more on that. And then I want to move to the um, other book that you've written. Um, so just stay with us people. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. I'm your host, Chucky G and you were listening and we're talking with Gavin. We'll be right back. While cutting molding with a 12-inch dual compound miter saw, while holding a newborn baby in your arms, when face-to-face -face with a congregation of alligators, with the ball in your hands and the entire freaking season on the line. There are a million places you'd never consider texting, so parents, why would you do it while driving? NASCAR driver Casey Kane here, asking you to please stop the text, and together we can stop the wrecks. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Get the message at stoptextstoprex.org. You are a waste. 
a loser. Everyone hates you. Why don't you just stay in your car and keep driving? I'm serious. Drive until you run out of gas and get out of your car and walk until you find someone who doesn't think you're dumber than bricks. Could take a while, but at least all that walking might burn a couple of calories. You may not witness bullying like this every day. Your kids do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Visit StopBullying.gov to learn safe, simple ways your child can help stop bullying. Be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. Hello, this is Nolan Ethan, and you're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. Good job, guys. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. We are back on Mix.LR. We are talking with Gavin who's an author and paranormal enthusiast. Is that a word? Enthusiast? I can't say it correctly. But anyways. It is now. It is now. There you go. Because I said so, it is. So anyways, um, well, we were talking about um, your book, uh, A Most Haunted House. Um, I, I found it interesting when I was reading, you know, because I read lots of things. As you can see, I have lots of notes here and everything. But um, uh, Yuri Geller had written something about the, the real haunted house book. Is that correct? That he had made some statement about it or thought it was cool or what was that all about? Yeah. Um, well, early on, as I said, I didn't expect anyone to read it. And, um, somebody suggested, Oh, why don't you just send, send it to like British ghost hunters and, yeah. And other authors and just to see what they say. So I did that just out of interest, but you kind of like a bit, bit embarrassed to do so you know so i sent it out and then i made this big list and right at the bottom i put yuri geller and growing up i was always intrigued by what he did and i know he gets a lot of criticism but i thought the gentleman's got a lot of conviction in what he does and and he's and he's kept at it so i sent a copy of my book saying look you know i'm this guy from wales i've written this book be really interested in your opinion forgot about it and then about six months later he wrote back very kindly and he said you can use this as a review and he said pretty much that um he's absolutely convinced that it is a real haunting and he said the book should be made into a film which is which is very yeah that's what i saw i thought was like that 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 was i was like that's pretty cool you know so i'd, I'd want like chan and tatum to play me in, in the film or something like that. <laughs> I was just going to ask you who's going to play it. Well, you already answered that. <laughs> some uh, little, some middle-aged Welshman. I, I don't know. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, you'd be like, that guy doesn't even look like me. What the heck? <laughs> I don't understand why they do that. That's weird. Um, okay, so we're going to now move into touchy territory. We're going to talk about your book, Ghost, Sex, The Violation. Of course, we are going to keep it PG-13 tonight, folks. But we, we I do want to get into it somewhat uh, because I do understand... The con, con, the, the uh, wow, I can't even talk right now. I do understand the difference between an incubus and a succubus and such. You know, incubus being the male version of a uh, ghost that, that you know tries to get in sex-wise. In fact, I've, I think the incubus even will try to impregnate a woman if I read that correctly. And then uh, the succubus, of course, the female version. So right, I'm trying to figure out where to go with this. So how did you get involved in this? And did you do research on the things I was just talking about? I mean, where did this all come from? Well, I, I'd completed The Most Haunted House. I didn't expect it to do as well as it did. And I, I'd create the Paranormal Chronicles as a little avenue, an outlet to to when I had time to investigate more more on more on the paranormal. I thought mm -hmm. it'd be really useful that things I was interested in and social we're in a world of social media. So I built a Facebook page and a website and as the book grew, so so did so did the Paranormal Chronicles project. So 
I used to have lots of emails and one of the most common emails I had at that time was about imaginary friends and I thought well that's how I got in it and I thought if I'm going to do a follow up uh, to a most haunted house I'm going to I'm going to start a project on imaginary friends so I put an email out and a few posts on my Facebook page and Twitter and just said anybody in Pembrokeshire where I live has any interesting stories I'm going to collate a book of these stories and that's what I started doing. So I met this one lady um, who was who's the subject is called Lisa in the book to protect her identity. Great. And she's she was a wonderful lady. She wasn't extroverted. She wasn't flamboyant. And she started telling me about her and her late twin sister who died when she was young. They had an imaginary friend who they called the naughty boy. And he used to do all these pranks. And her mum was very serious at the time. And and we started chatting and she's the most agreeable lady and she was in her early 40s and she had a son in his in his early 20s at the time and then just out the blue she just said that you know it must have been exceptionally difficult for her but we'd built some kind of rapport over like say the few days we'd spoken that for over two decades that she'd been sexually abused by a spirit Mm-hmm. Or uh, in, you know, it's not a spoiler for the book, but 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 there was in fact two that she could make sense of. Now, all my all my work is is presented in the voice and the words of the subject. I'm not going to try and tidy it up. It's in their language. If they're an mm-hmm. educated person or they have like a localized dialect, anything like that, it will be presented in how they said it. So, I'm very very good with people. And the story she produced over the five weeks of the interviewing was just shocking. It just nothing prepared from thinking of quite a nice Bo Chilling um, uh, kind of subject of imaginary friends not actually being imaginary at all. Just suddenly sat in the living room of a woman who's been sexually violated for two uh, for 20 years by an alleged paranormal entity it was shocking. It shocked me so much that I actually went to see a friend who was a psychologist who came in on the investigation with me to help me try and make sense of it. And Mm -hmm. also I thought that I had a duty of care to help this lady. Now, it started off with when she was younger, when her son was younger. There was was a haunting in the house they lived. um, And the haunting in itself had some very, very strange, very chilling moments. But then one evening... She was. Uh, she'd had a bath. Um, she she was on a on a menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. She had a bath. She got into bed after a day's work, and something very much like the entity, the Doris mm-hmm. Biver case uh, from California, yes. uh, touched her. And the first time was she felt like something was pinning her down and touching her, and she claims that there was uh, a bloody handprint on her bed, as if somebody had actually been inside it and wiped like a handprint on the bed which really freaked her out she didn't get any evidence of that she washed this stuff she didn't she said she can't call the police and then it became more and more ferocious till to the extent that uh a coldness would pin her down it had all the symptoms of sleep paralysis the rushing in the air the weight on the chest but she said the difference was there was a coldness would work its way up through her body um, it would perform what she could only describe as a, a freezing cold oral sex on her, make its way up her body, it would kiss her breast, kiss her neck, it would fill her mouth with cold air, and she would feel something penetrate her. Now, that was awful. 
and it happened on and off and uh, she had spiritual advice his son also gave his testimonial and what happened thankfully not that he admitted it but thankfully nothing that terrible happened to him though obviously he witnessed a lot of it but then the chilling thing was there was something called i won't say his name on air because it, we, we'll keep it pg-13 but sure. they one of the spirits the one spirit they called the the cold man the other one they referred to by the smell there was a terrible smell of feces that whenever he was present where okay. it was present and that would sexually assault her but it'd be in a very very debase uh and humiliating fashion the mm -hmm. son uh, witnessed his mum being um, anally abused in front of him while he was pinned to the wall. Now, mm -hmm. obviously, I wasn't there, and there's a lot of psychological factors. So I wrote the book. It was 4,500 copies were read in the first month, and wow. it just polarised audiences. I had death threats. I had all these people go mental about it. They were really upset about it. Other people, like it's happening to me, other people saying, how can I get this to happen to me? Um, the psychologist was like, oh my God, what have I got myself embroiled in? But then people like yourselves, people in the paranormal field started emailing me saying, is there any more detail? And I said, like, the book is 90% of that is true. Obviously, I've had to disguise some details for the protect the people. And they started saying, like, you know, we think it was a succubus. So we started doing some research into that. Uh, sorry, yeah, uh, incubus, sorry. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they, they thought it was an incubus, and um, we we believe that should this be true, and it's not a psychological effect, but there was two spirits because they actually started fighting over the woman. Now, my obvious suspicion was is that you've got an, an ordinary woman in an ordinary job with an ordinary life. She's a wonderful lady, is trying to get some attention towards herself. Yes, These two paranormal entities fighting over you sounds very sensationalized it sounds like something uh that, that she's made up to to make herself feel important but i did an investigation at the house and nothing happened but then it's only for a week isn't it you know to fully understand what's going on at a location you need a lot more time now i spoke to lisa in november and there'd been an attack quite recently but they're down to about two or three a year and she treats them literally like a migraine in that she just lets it happen she just lets it happen and then as soon as it's over she can't have a relationship uh she was attacked in front of a boyfriend at the time mm -hmm. and this thing will try to make her make them watch well wow. actually so like i don't know what you make of that it was it was very it had a massive effect on me psychologically it's like how do right. you go back home to your girlfriend and make love to her after you've got all this stuff in your head Right. And I'll be honest with you, I spent five weeks with this woman, so did a psychologist. We mm -hmm. don't think she's lying. Whatever she believes has happened, she believes is real. Okay. And, and like, is there any, so, I mean, so this is kind of crazy because you you're talking about it happening for 20 years. Wouldn't you think there'd be some kind of visual proof or some kind of you know tangible evidence to it plus also what was the what was the background to her and her her home and her like her family tree and i mean was there any inclination of anything that would bring light to what was going on she she was from a broken home um she wasn't 
she wasn't sure who her father was. Her mum, uh, she was a twin, and her twin died. And her mum had been a very straight and level person, but after that became exceptionally spiritual. Joined okay. spiritual churches and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So the mum tried to take control of the situation by trying to do cleansing. Mum probably got too involved, uh, whereas I, I personally... If it, my advice to anybody who believes this is happening is to just go and get professional help. Yes. You've got to be really careful, right? Think of it this way. Should such a thing happen and you get someone professional help, they could end up being committed. They could be put on drugs. They could be put on a variety of treatments because they deem it as a psychological issue, right? Right. Exactly. Now, if it is real, then that's obviously not going to stop it. That's just right. going to make the person more vulnerable. Now, Mm -hmm. at the same time, as an investigator, do we need to offer spiritual advice and guidance on cleansings, uh, exorcisms, you know, things of that nature? And I think it's Mm -hmm. a really hard balance. My personal view is, though, is that should you believe this is happening to you, that you need to get professional help. But at the same time, there's no harm getting, um, you know, spiritual help. However, if this is psychologically fueled and there is something wrong with the person then for someone to say oh yeah it's a ghost i'm going to do a cleansing i'm going to do this i'm going to do this ritual you're actually fueling and encouraging that person to believe in the fantasy correct yeah yeah that's so true it's a very you know and then depending on their belief system um you know like sometimes you get like with cases um where, you know, someone will call you in and they'll say, hey, you know, I want you to come in. I want you to, uh, my place is haunted. So you go in there and you say, okay, now, what is it you want from me? You know, what, what, what do you want us, what, what do you want to get out of this? So I want you to, to show me, you know, if this is a haunting or not, what's going on, yada, yada, yada. So you go and you do your investigation and then you come back and you say, well, look, uh, we found this, this, and this. It's p- perfectly natural uh, things that are happening. Uh, we can't find anything as far as what you're saying, not that we're doubting what you're saying, we're just saying it, when you brought us in, you asked for our opinion and we can only state on what we've found or not found. So we haven't. And then they get very upset with you because they so want to believe what's happening is happening. Now you've just brought down, you know, you know, their belief system. You know what I mean? So I, I know you're, when you're talking about, uh, especially if you're getting into religion and stuff too, um, on belief and faith, uh, how it can get, be very dicey. You know what I mean? Because people, you know, people have dependency issues and it's almost like this chicken and egg situation. Mm -hmm. If, if someone is massively vulnerable, maybe psychological, Mm -hmm. dependency, emotional, whatever level, and we've all been there, pretty, I've been there, you know, if Mm -hmm. anyone reads The Most Haunted House, it's, it's basically my downward spiral into alcoholism and the effects of losing a, a relationship with an alleged haunting happening at the same time. And we've all had moments of, of crisis in our life where we felt lost, lonely, anxious, depressed, you know, all these all these negative emotions. And it's just a human emotion. Yes. Now, one answer could be is because of that, we believe that there's paranormal events happening. But then the other side of the coin is, is that what if paranormal entities latch on to people who are vulnerable? What if they latch on to people with dependencies? You know, um, I had a really nice conversation on Skype with this Italian doctor, mm-hmm. and um, he, he was very much into his theology. And he believes 
that in the incubus and succubus he believes in this this paranormal abuse phenomenon the spectrophilia because he said what it is is that people get they start on that slippery slope into the abyss and he said these paranormal entities they feed off that energy they feed off it and they latch on to people and they sure. just in, they just amplify those feelings of despair because the ultimate goal is for people to take their own lives, which is the ultimate sacrifice of giving up the one precious gift that God gave us, which is our life, yes. yeah? Yes. Therefore, yes. we forfeit our soul to a darker power. Now, I'm not a religious person. I'm, I'm fascinated by the Bible. Uh, I like to make connections with the Bible and UFOs, but that's my thing, and, mm. and ancient aliens and whatnot. But we have to, it's such a minefield because it's so tough for people there's there's probably people listening now mm -hmm. who are a hundred percent in the belief that there is a paranormal entity latched onto them mm -hmm. and we aren't qualified to say yes or no if they are or not right you know yeah could we say like yeah. go and see a doctor go and see a psychologist yeah i mean because you can i mean like you said too you know it's it, when you're doing a case too you know when you go in for eight hours or whatever you know you're only gonna catch if anything a small little bit I, I mean i equate uh investigating to like fishing where you go sit in a boat for 10 hours and get bit by mosquitoes and, and maybe either something happens like one small little thing and you catch a little fish or maybe you catch a big fish or most of the time lots of nothing happens you know um because you need to be repetitive and go to the same spot over and over and over to be able to see the differences and uh, collect the data to make any kind of, of uh assumption and it's really hard to make an assumption or intent on things you can't see or, or know about you know so um but uh yeah uh it's a very it's a very slippery slope when you come to people's belief systems and and, and such now do you i saw it you said something about like uh, we talked about ufos and aliens and such and i find it interesting that a lot of people connect that to um uh supernatural hauntings or happenings too um what's your thought about that is it a possibility that this is what's happening this it's like you know these incubus and succubuses aren't really demons per se but other entities we just don't know about oh definitely i love the subject it's it's it is the, the, the great thing about the paranormal subject is is that there's no right or wrong and you can have you know to, to theorize and speculate is just wondrous and me and karen myself and karen were having a discussion recently about all, all these things seem to be very similar. So mm -hmm. if you take, uh, for example, alien visitation and the things they get up to, if you take spiritual, demonic, angelic, dimensional beings, what's not to say they are just not one thing? You know, but we put through different cultures, different times in our life, uh, we, we, we put different labels on them. So, uh, you know... We, we say our aliens, uh, we, we classify them as this and, and demonic as this and, and spiritual is this depending on our belief system and what suits us at that particular time. But right. I, think, I think the most wondrous thing is that they're not separate. They are all the same. It, it's yeah. that, you know, that there's these dimensional beings, they cross through into our reality. They latch on to us. Some of them help us. Some of them guide us. Some experiment on us. For whatever whatever reason, I, I said in uh, A Most Haunted House, we can never truly gauge what the motives are, the agendas are of these entities, these creatures, because we look at it in the human concept 
mm-hmm. of why would I do that? Why would I want to hurt someone? Why would I want to break up someone's relationship or, mm-hmm. or, or push someone to take their own life or make them miserable, right? Right. But then that's like trying to explain to like a cat why I'm going to go and put some food in the microwave and eat it up and eat it or <laughs> yeah, trying to explain true. to a chimpanzee mm-hmm. how a car works and how i'm going to drive to work in one you know yeah. we're on a totally different level but there is more i think we need to broaden our horizons and start linking all these different events um mm-hmm. demonic and alien encounters are so similar Mm-hmm. you know spiritual encounters are similar as well yeah yeah well yeah Here, here's one for you I'll, I'll i'll see if i can blow your mind a little so let's take all right so we we say okay. the human element the human element that's us because we're humans flesh and bone okay that's to me that's the human element okay yeah. but we're made up of energy which i believe is the soul is energy that's what that is to me okay now what if our energy our souls were the same thing as everything that we're talking about. What if when we leave our bodies and we go to wherever it goes, we are the other side or dimensions, whatever, what if our energy morphs and changes to be what people consider an alien or people consider an incubus or a succubus or people consider to be uh, whatever the beings that we're talking about? What if we can mor- our energy morphs to be different things and then can change back and come back over here. You know what I mean? What if it's all the same? What if it's just that energy? Like Cheryl and I were talking about, we were talking, I don't want to talk too much about religion and God, but we're talking about, you know, we believe, at least I believe, um, God is all, we're all, we all have a part of God inside of us. We're all part of that energy, uh, the oneness. Our energy connects to that and back and forth. And that's how the knowledge gets, uh, grows and gets larger and the universe continues. Uh, what if that energy which we have, is all what if we're looking at it totally the wrong way i love it. it it's a great theory and like you know we because of religion we've categorized it in in that you know you die you're good you live by the rules you go to heaven you're bad you go to hell and then you've got the atheists well, there's nothing and there's reincarnation because mm-hmm. i love the theory um, and this one, I, I, I'm not very good at explaining it. I've, I think I need to write it down. But I like the idea of, of us potentially haunting ourselves. Now, um, there's a great movie with Nicole Kidman called The Others, where yes. the ghosts don't realize they're the ghosts. Yes. And they're being haunted by people like 10, 15 years later who are trying to get in contact with them. And in essence, they're haunting each other, right? So mm-hmm. I could be sat in my house now and I see a shadowy figure walk across my room and then into into the wall and vanish. And I'm like, geez, what was that? And then I do some research and there used to be a door where it's walked. Now, in a different time and space, uh, sorry, same space but different time, there's a mm-hmm. guy walking across his living room, could be in the future, could be in the past. And he's like, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's something in here with me. But it is, it's me in my time and space looking at the shadowy <laughs> figure thinking, what the hell is that? Yeah, And we're just exactly. spooking each other out. And now mm-hmm. you could even go further and say that could be me haunting myself in like 20, 30 years' time in the same space. Mm-hmm. We, we, we don't have enough grip on it, and I think it should be explored because I think if we can get to grips with so much of the paranormal, we will find new energy resources, we will find new cures we will find ways to traverse the universe and time and space. There's so much opportunity there for us, but people, they dismiss it because they're scared because people like you and me are putting notions in their head of 
things they can't control, things they don't understand, and it's fear. You know, it's yeah. fear, fear. But fear stands for is F-E-A-R, is false evidence appearing real. Those fears are only become true if you let it manifest into your mind that way. Don't be scared of the paranormal. Investigate. Get involved. Talk about it. Start a mm -hmm. podcast. Write. Read books. It's an incredible subject. Yeah, it's true. Well, it's no, it's no different than, you know, mysteries of the sea. Okay, so it's okay to wonder if there's a gigantic 75-foot uh, jellyfish floating around, you know. That's okay. But if we say, well, there could be something we can't see, some energy or something. Oh, oh, heck no. No, no, no. That can't possibly be happening. You know what I mean? So I don't understand the, the concept between the two because they're kind of the same thing. It's, it's just something we don't know that we need to look into further so we can then understand it and maybe make some sense of it. So I, I totally agree with you um the one thing i did want to ask about the case and i and, and i you know like with like when they when we talked about the the movie the entity and in this case you're talking about is there ever any physical proof of the sexual encounters you know what i mean like going to the doctor and you know do you know of any or I, I get lots of people that message me through the Paranormal Chronicles website saying that this and this has happened. Now, with, with the case that was documented in Ghost Sex of Violation, and I do apologize. I don't know why I called it that. Um, I think that in... I, I, I just... I wasn't sure if I'd called it something like Incubus or something like that, that people wouldn't yeah. have got the grips. And I, and I, that is one of my regrets. I did actually call it ghost sex, the violation, because it just sounds terribly sensationalized. But then I guess it is what it is. And it just, I didn't want anybody to pick up the book and think, ah, you know, I didn't think this was like this. I wanted people to be really, really clear about what the book was. It's about sex and the paranormal, which are two yeah. really, really controversial subjects. I didn't want grandma picking it up by accident and going, oh, my God, this woman's <laughs> oh, just been... Yeah, that'd be terrible. just been buggered, like, you know, by a, yeah. by a ghost. I didn't want yep. that. But one thing that... Um, one thing that was interesting, but unfortunately I'm not allowed to publish them, is that... I was given a series of photographs by the subject called Lisa okay. of herself when she was with a boyfriend. I think this was, I think it was early 2002. And he took a series of Polaroids of her. She was, she'd come out of the bath and she was in her bedroom and she'd taken off her dressing gown and she was naked. And the, she believed that what was happening was just about to happen. And in the photos, her uh, her body is wrapped in different kind of lights, uh, like a very intense uh, orange and, and red lights all wrapped around it. Mm -hmm. um, and some photos, they're there, some they're not. I asked her, because I couldn't get I, what would have been perfect for me if I'd had photographs of the entire bedroom at the way it was set out, with lamps, lighting, street lights, anything like that, any um, electrical equipment. But but I didn't. And, you know, it's very brave for, for a lady to show me photographs of her naked with this strange anomaly wrapped around her. But unfortunately, I, I haven't got access to the photos. I'm not allowed to publish them. I'm not allowed to put them on the book. She's happy for them to be published on the basis that her face is digi digitalized out. Yeah. But the son... The son, who's now in his mid-twenties, isn't comfortable for his mum to see nude... In, in a book called Ghost Hex Violation. 
So, yeah. you know, yeah, maybe. And an interesting note as well is that they didn't take a single penny. Hmm. I offered them a commission. I said uh -huh. I'd offer them a royalty. And they didn't take a single penny. They didn't want it. All, all Lisa wanted was if anybody had had a similar experience. To, uh, to She wanted to try and set up a foundation because she believed that this was on the same level as, as rape victims. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that, see, that, that leads more credence and reality to it when they're not willing, you know, they don't want money. They don't even want to be known mm. who they are. You know, they just want to tell their story. So maybe it might help somebody else. So um, that's, I mean, that's, that's, uh, hats off to them for that. Um, so, all right. So we, we, we talked to that. You do other things too. I mean, you have um, the Paranormal Chronicles, correct? Yeah. I have the Paranormal Chronicles and I, also have uh, I became owner of a, of, a, of a local group called Pembrokeshire Beyond uh, last uh, last January mm -hmm. and what I try and do is uh, with the local site there's, there's about 6,000 members on the uh, Pembrokeshire Beyond Facebook page and uh, you know it gets visited by a few thousand people every week is I try and encourage people to go out and explore the county of Pembrokeshire. So what I do is is I create uh, a little thing called the Pembrokeshire Haunted Road Trips. Mm -hmm. And I encourage any paranormal team out here to do this. If you've got social media, if you've got a website, I think it's really good, it's really interesting. What you do is you get, say, six or seven of the local myths, legends, ghost stories, and you, you plot out a, 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 a plan for people to encourage them to jump in their car, get a load of you know equipment, and become amateur enthusiasts for the evening, and and visit all six locations in a night, and and see what comes up. It encourages them to look into local history, encourages them to go out and about, get some fresh air, do something different. I always ask them to be respectful in terms of you know don't go on, don't trespass, don't yeah. touch any objects. And yeah. the last one I did, 35,000 people read it in about a week. And the, the, the response was phenomenal. People were so grateful for the opportunity. So if, if you've got a website, if you've got um, uh, a Facebook page for your paranormal group, create your own paranormal road trip and encourage other people to go out there because you never know one of the people on the road trip might actually come back with a photo or something that could yeah, be that's... some really compelling evidence so <laughs> yeah. i do that i write articles i um i just keep busy really i i wish i had more time to spend i'm working on my third book which is about a local lady who claims she had uh, she was uh, abducted by by aliens who showed a, a very revealing and terrifying prophecy of of um, a terrible event that's going to happen and mm -hmm. I, I try and keep busy. I've got um, my own footage from uh, an investigation that's currently in for review for validity on what it could be. I'm working on an investigation at the moment at a very old building, uh, which is currently some offices. And that is one creepy place. Hmm. Let me just tell you, I do not like being there on my own. Um, <laughs> and, um, I, I, and I get the opportunity as well to uh, write about some of the cases I've done before. For example... One, there's this fantastic castle called Pembroke Castle in Pembrokeshire. It's beautiful. If any of you have found a Game of Thrones, it looks like Winterfell, and it is so intact, and it's had so much history. 
And about 10 years ago, I was there on an investigation with another team. And no respect to them, but they were awful. They were really amateurish. And they, I caught one throwing a chair and uh, trying to say that it was a, a paranormal activity. And they charged oh, yeah. a, an extortionate amount of money for you to join them. But we we did a seance in this old keep. This huge old keep is amazing. And mm. it, it got really strange. Um, it was pitch black. And in the center of the circle uh, a figure appeared of uh, a five foot man shape and it was stinking it was really bad and i remember it being in the seance and the smell appeared and i was like god somebody's farted like you know this is disgusting this is honking and um other people started complaining about the smell and <laughs> this figure emerged and everyone's like what's that smell and it was terrifying and this thing just started looking at everyone in the face and um, one of the girls ran out and the circle broke and me and wow. another investigator company nerd. And to this day, we, we don't know what it is. So on, on the Paranormal Chronicles website, there's loads of content. I do a weekly news sweep when I can. And I go to trusted news sources. Mm -hmm. um, I give full credit to the news sources, pictures, videos, reports, so that people can read reports without being bombarded with viruses and stuff like some other news sites out there. Yeah. And yeah, I, I just try and keep as busy as possible. Cool. Now, uh, we had Bob ask a question. He was a little delayed on the question because we were off the subject, but um, uh, he always has good questions. Uh, he, he asked, did any of the mediums you worked with, did they, did they have any contact with what was violating the woman? Did anybody like, you know, spiritual like a medium try to see what was going on i didn't bring in one on my own volition now it, uh, lisa her mum had brought one in and I, it was it was really difficult because it, it, it kind of got messy got confused between was it an actual person or was it an actual demonic entity was it mm. uh, like an incubus and um like one one of the the mediums professed that it was actually um the the, the father of the boy now the the girl the the, the, the lisa's first love uh mm -hmm. the, the the gentleman who she lost her virginity to but mm -hmm. had a son with apparently he was killed and it was him this is what one of the mediums came up with. But I I kind of leaned more towards the route with a psychologist. So in in the most uh, in uh, Ghost Sex of Violation, there's mm -hmm. a whole section on with the psychologist's report on what she believes it is. But I didn't really work with any mediums on that case. I felt that to bring an outsider in that I couldn't trust to protect the, the welfare of this lady, I, I just felt would have been massively inconsiderate and, and immature of me, irresponsible. So I brought in a psychologist, and one of the things we thought it might be is there's a, a, a condition called sex omnia, where okay. people actually have sex in their sleep, whether it's uh, masturbatory or if it's actually with someone else. And it's actually been used in a court case uh, where a guy mm. was accused of raping his partner but then the psychological condition of sexomnia was presented and was deemed as a fit enough solution to the problem. And basically, it's, it's just that you just end up having sex. Sometimes uh, people are like grinding against their mattress or a pillow. Sometimes yeah. they're obviously touching themselves. 
coupled with like something of a nature of like sleep, uh, sleep paralysis or something of that nature. So um, th there was all these different psychological routes and avenues we could take. But in terms of the spiritual guidance, I felt that the mother herself had interfered too much with with the spiritual side of it, and I and I felt we needed to investigate a more rational route at this side at this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And can no, I just I, say as well? Sorry, yeah. carry on. No. Can no, I just no. say as well for all the men listening, right? Everyone just presumes that it's just the women that get violated. I have had so many reports of men that have been attacked. There's obviously the old hag. There's a succubus, but one of them was it was a gentleman from Philadelphia called Chris. He was a, a gentleman. He, he, in the report, he said he's six foot three, and he's about three hundred pounds. And he said he hadn't even gone to sleep, and this thing was on him, and it took his seed. It had sex with him without his permission. So it's not just the girls, guys. Be careful. It can be the guys as well. Well, that's that's, and I never heard of that. I've never heard of uh, sleep eating, sleepwalking. So that's definitely a new one to put on the category for me. So. We only have a like checklist. a yeah, it's not a checklist. <laughs> um, so the uh, the last thing I want to ask you because then I just want you to kind of tell people where they can connect to you because we only got about a minute. Um, so where do you go from here in the field? What, what's your next step? Got anything particular planned, or just kind of just keep going with the flow and doing all the different things? Keep writing. Uh, we're going to do a monthly podcast to try and encourage the the, the haunted road trips and uh, try and bring some local people, Welsh people. In, into into the fray um if anyone wants to get in touch with me just go to theparanormalchronicles.com you can email me there or email paranormalchronicles at aol.com i'm on facebook for paranormal chronicles we have over twenty-five thousand followers we're really blessed and we value every single person and i'm on twitter at paranormalchron um there's so much in this in this world but if anybody gets in touch with me, I will get back to you. It might not be straight away. If you don't like what I say, don't just say it's rubbish. Give me a reason why you don't think it's rubbish, and I will actually have a good debate with you, which could last weeks, months, even years. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, um, yeah, I'm, I, 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 would, I would like to sit and talk with you like off off air for like ever, but. Um, so uh, I just want to tell you, it was a really pleasure to have you on the show. I mean, it was very interesting what you had to say. I mean, the, I'm definitely going to be deep into your books now because I, I have so I can check them out. Um, but I just want to thank you for taking the time to come and talk to us. Oh, thank you. You do such a good job, all of you. And I'm, I'm sorry I missed Karen as well, but I really appreciate the work you do. And can I say to anybody from the Paranormal Chronicles that will be listening to this on the download, check out the Paranormal Underground archives. There's a wealth of information in there and in the magazine. Check it out, guys. These guys are doing really good work. They're a credit to, to, the, to the field. And thank you both for having me. And if you're ever stuck, I've got a million weird stories to tell you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have to talk off air to get some weird stories going here. Um, all right. Well, uh, Gavin, I want to thank you very much. I'll let you go now because I know it's uh, it's a very late in the area you're in right now. So, But, uh, again, thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you very much. All right. You have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye. See ya. I'll wave. Right. Okay. There bye -bye. you go. He's waving. Bye-bye. <laughs> all right. See ya. Bye. Get in touch soon. Okay. we Will do. 
Uh, so there you go. That was Gavin. What do you think, Cheryl? Was it riveting conversation? It, it was, and I know. And here's, and I was riveted. And here's how I know it was really riveting. When the chat room goes dead quiet, I know. No posts for an hour solid. <laughs> you know, it's riveting conversation. So I got worried. I'm um, like, did we like shut down or? You nope. Know? Nope. Um, <laughs> pretty interesting. So go, yeah, read uh, Gavin's books. I think he said uh, they were on Kindle. Is that is yeah, it, is yeah, that correct? Uh, yes. Yep, so Kindle. Kindle. I don't know yep. if they're on Amazon or not, but Kindle and um, check out his website, Paranormal Chronicles. Mm-hmm. And, I got some reading uh, to do now. Yeah, yeah, gotta catch up. It's interesting. It's 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 both of the books that he wrote about. You know, those cases sound um, fascinating, uh, and I think that yeah. um, the 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 uh, obviously the ghost sex the violation book is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, along the lines of the entity case, but maybe even magnified uh, times a thousand. Yeah, exactly. uh, it sounds like um, so it's just it's it's interesting. It's like, OK, well, there's all those theories you guys were talking about, you know, what it could be, you mm-hmm. know, you know, what is the energy? What's going on? You know, is it a demon or is it a uh, passed over spirit? You know, like the one psychic had yeah. said, or is it mm-hmm. what is it? So it's just there's so many questions, like Gavin said, it's yeah, it's uh, it's the paranormal. I mean, that's. You can go on and on in circles like forever, you know. So um, mm-hmm. it's just it's just crazy. Oh no, my brother Tom just said he just bought a most haunted house. There you go, Gavin. My All brother right. just helped you helped nice. you buy another. Uh, I don't know, you know, hot dog <laughs> or whatever you have over there. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I uh, I definitely want to delve into the books now to see what's up. But I mean, it was interesting because I kind of like it, it felt like I connected with him in the fact that we kind of think that mm-hmm. on the same wavelength so that's that's kind of cool when you can connect with someone you know sometimes you know there's and it's okay to have differences because that's what keeps it that's what keeps the talk going you know yeah yeah. that's what that's what makes it interesting you know but it's kind of cool when you can connect to someone that kind of you know has the same kind of thought process so yeah and and you know i like it when someone thinks outside the box that they are Mm -hmm. open to something maybe that they might not have thought of before or maybe they're convinced it's a certain way but they're still open that it might not be that way it could be something completely you know in the other direction yeah so you know i just love that conversation i know it's awesome look at he's in the chat room now he's thanking my brother for buying this book dude so cool (laughs) (laughs) i like the idea of bringing pizza in during the show i think we should do that yeah he had a good idea there (laughs) a little free advertising some free pizza so um, so do we have any, I mean, you know, we can chat a little more, but do you have any like business you want to get through first? Or? I, I do. I'd like okay. to um, talk about some upcoming radio shows on March 24th. Um, we talked about this one a little bit be- uh, at the beginning of the show, but just in case um, our listeners weren't here then. March 24th, uh, come back to Mix LR, um, search Paranormal Underground and listen to Adam Kimmel and Rebecca Kirschbaum from Resident Undead. Um, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about what, what resident undead is but um yeah it's um it's a it's a really cool show uh it's on um it's a randolph i think it's the randolph infirmary they um what they do it's the it's the way they go about their investigations i find interesting because they have the the psychic medium and they have the investigators and stuff Mm -hmm. but what they do is they do um where they'll They'll go in, they'll do part of an investigation, then they'll go into um, where they do a dramatization of something that happened or, you know, within the location. And then they'll do it for a little bit and then they'll freeze. Then when they freeze, 
they wait for like you know audio or you know anything that's happening. Then they'll do it again a little more. Boom, same thing. And then in the meantime, you know, you got Rebecca doing the uh, picking up on the energy or getting the doors to be open so the energy will flow through. Um, so then when they wind up getting what they get, whether it's audio or whatever, it's it's really interesting because they just it, mm-hmm. it just all works out. You know, it's an interesting way they break down the investigation it's not your typical um investigation so i think that's a really cool way that they do it and they'll bring in like you know if it's you know like uh something that's connected to the place you know whether it's a uh some kind of material or you know a prop or you know whatever they'll use it to try to elicit you know Mm -hmm. some kind of response so i think it's really cool the way they do it so um, and like I said, they had, uh, I can't remember his last name. Why can't I remember his last name? Chad. He's not supernatural. Oh, I know. You know from- is, is it Chad Lindbergh? Yeah, that's it. Lindbergh. They had, okay. Yeah, they had him on there recently yeah. uh, doing an investigation at the place. Um, so it's going to be cool to bring him on and to talk because I've been watching all their different. And I'm friends, <laughs> Facebook friends with all of them on Facebook. But <laughs> I um, I like to watch uh, uh, you know, all the, the I, I think I'm getting most of the old ones because they're on YouTube, but they actually have a, a, a mm-hmm. site you can go to, to Resident Undead, you know, so, um, yeah, but if you haven't checked them out, you need to check them out, so that way next week when we're talking, you can kind of see what I'm talking about, but yeah. it's very unique, you know, they're very serious about it, they elicit really good uh, uh, evidence, and yeah, so it's really cool. Yeah, I, I was checking them out earlier. I think they they have a website. I think it's residentundead.com, I believe. Yep. And yeah, they that's have it. Facebook. They have YouTube. Mm-hmm. So they're all mm-hmm. over. You can check out what they're doing. It does sound really interested. I can't wait to hear more about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so next week will be really fun. And um, and then coming up, I'll just shoot out a few names. We have Camille Fay, author of Voodoo Butterfly, coming on. We have Hiram Henderson, director of operations for Maryland Paranormal Research. Chad Shimke, he's been on before. He's a horror writer. He's the author of Hollows, Hollows Eve, Midwinter, Picker, Pieces, and Weirder. So we're going to be t- have, talking some horror stuff. That should be fun. Nice. Yeah. And then we're going to have on Seth Michael, Psychic Medium, and Tristan David Luciati. I hope I pronounced I, that right. I know that dude. Yeah. he's uh, Tristan, though, is the producer of the upcoming documentary All Around Us, Inside the Life of Psychic Medium Seth Michael. And um, we've had Seth on before. He's great. You're going to want to come and check out that show as well. So that takes us well well through the end of April. And uh, we're excited to just keep the conversation going. Keep the conversation going. Yeah. I just just sang that right there for you. (laughs) Thank you very much. Uh, oh, Bob's asking, what, yes. what, what is the last time we had an animal communicator? We had one on here. Didn't we have one not too long ago? Um, we did. I want to say, and this is just a guess, I'd have, to, I'd have to open up my files and look, but within the last five or six months, uh-huh. is Bob wanting us to get an animal communicator on? Bob, are you wanting us to have an animal communicator? You know what I'm saying? That. Animal that i can't say it but you just type it in there bob you just type right just, in that little box type right there mm-hmm. and tell us pet community i'm searching my i'm searching my my uh files here to see i remember that because i remember asking and saying you know how to you know like because i couldn't understand how do you aha became the animal it oh. was carrot it was actually not even that long ago it was december 3rd yeah um, of last year it was karen anderson pet communicator i think she was from karen's neck of the woods in washington Mm-hmm. Um, on the West Coast, so um, it wasn't too long ago. But I, I mean, if if Bob is saying he he'd like us to reach out to another pet communicator, I'm I'm all for that. I think that 
that is a fascinating subject. He said, don't matter, everyone. You get is good. <laughs> That's about his homie talk. All Yo, right. homies, what's up? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, I, I really liked our guest tonight. That was really fun. Yeah, yeah. Gavin, oh, my gosh, and he stayed up late. He's like four hours ahead of <laughs> yeah. Eastern time. I think time, we, so. it was, when we started my time, it was like 1 a.m., I believe. So It was late. I, so I'd have been like. Huge. Really, really yeah. nice right there. So plus, oh, heck yeah. Uh, very interesting discussion. Um, and he's a writer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be contacting him to see if I can get some potential articles for the magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Cheryl. Far- Watch out, Gavin. He's in the. T- he's in the- Look out, Gavin. She's going to farm you for everything she can get. Hey, now. Hey, it's all about the exchange of ideas and information. I'm, I'm worried. Good he's going to be so good. He's going to take my column. He's just going to bump me off no, for Gavin. No, he's not, you, uh, you wouldn't get bumped. Come on. <laughs> I know, just teasing. It'd be funny that you see the dark corner, Gavin Lee Davies. Hey, what happened? That's my column. <laughs> Chuck, uh, we wanted to tell you earlier, but, you know, you're just not cutting it, buddy. You're just not cutting you, it. We got to let you go. Chuck, I've been meaning to have a little discussion, a little convo. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, just scared me. Come Don't on. You know, we were talking about it at the beginning of the show. Your articles are very informative, and they're outside the box, which I love. It's not just... Same old, same old. So, <laughs> Gavin just said it would be, I would be delighted. She would get fed up trying to edit my dyslexic riddled articles. <laughs> there you go, Cheryl. Oh, no, it, I'm just, I'm excited. And I, I love, um, yeah, I love the exchange of information. All of our writers are great. Mm-hmm. I, I can't say thank you enough to everyone because, um, especially, um, and, and the writers, I mean, they do it for the sheer love of the topic for, for yes. their you know to share their their experiences to share their information to try and help people mm-hmm. um and so i i just can't even say thank you enough of course our readers you know oh, would, yeah, wouldn't have definitely. wouldn't have the magazine without the readers so we have a pretty good sum of readers don't we we have a pretty good sum of them yeah yeah mm-hmm. we definitely. do and um we're you know we're still building our archive back up on issue.com so we have three modes in case uh, since we have a few minutes here of uh, distribution for the magazine. You can go to paranormalunderground.net and buy a PDF of any issue you want, and I'll e- we'll email you the PDF. You can do a 12-month PDF subscription, and then mm-hmm. we just automatically email you the PDF every month. You don't have to do anything but just click it open and read it. Um, and what we used to do, and we're catching up on still, is you can open it up online for free um, mm-hmm. You can't download it, but you can open it up on issue.com for free. Search Paranormal Underground and read it online. Um, so I think we're through mid-2014 or 2015. Wow. But I've got to add the rest of the issues since then. So I'm a little behind, but we're going to get there. And then we're going to keep up to date with the um, the online readership, too. Nice. Um, so you can, do, yeah, yeah. If you want a free copy, if if you just want to get a glimpse at what the magazine has to offer, just email me at editor at paranormalunderground.net and just say, hi there, can you email me a free PDF of the magazine? I want to check it out. And I will certainly do yeah. that. Hey, now I have a question and you don't have to say yeah or no on the air. I'm not trying to put you on the spot or anything, but I had a really cool idea, you know, because we have the radio show and we have the magazine. What if, like, on the radio show, we put out a word yeah. to see, you know, if our listeners are listening and paying attention to us, which is always <laughs> important. Uh, and we put that word out. And if and at the end of the, uh, like, uh, they have to, like, email in the word that they heard okay. and say maybe the first one that comes in can get their picture in the magazine with, like, a little bio. Like, well, I'm a listener. I'm listening to this for, you know, how long? And this is who I am. 
just something real small. Wouldn't that be kind of cool? What do you that think about would. that? That I, would. I actually love that idea. We want to do more interaction with our readers and listen, radio listeners. And yeah. um, I think we need to come up with some things. We've had some a little turmoil going on in the website and the magazine um, over the past couple of years. You know, we, we, we tried to go uh, mobile, and we did. But um, we had to... Uh, and that, at least for now, I'm not going to say we're never going to do it again, but that right. uh, we had some issues there, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but it was um, it was worth a try. Um, and so we, we had a, a survey, a live survey every month for the magazine that we tried out for, I don't know if it was six or seven months. And that was pretty cool because our listeners would click on a link. Um, either I would post on Facebook or somewhere else and then they'd click on and answer some survey questions like have you ever seen a ghost Have you? do you have psychic yeah. visions you know it was a really oh, okay. cool interaction with our readers and radio listeners and so I want to get back to that because I think it's an important part of the whole exchange of information and really getting to know what people are experiencing so I think you yeah. have a great idea well, thank you. I, like I think that. we can, you know, it'd be cool to cool. And I had a question too, like well, for our, our past shows, I know we do show reel on MixLR. Yeah. Um, and I, we still have Podbean, correct? For Yes. Do we st- yes, right, we but, do. Everything but, goes up on Podbean. Um, but if you what go about to, iTunes? Yes, what about iTunes. I, oh. I, you go to, I, okay, here's the thing. Um, when you have po- a Podbean account, which we do for our yes. Paranormal Grand Radio in the dark, mm-hmm. going all the way back to our very first podcast years ago, I think it was 2009, all of them are up there. We're approaching our 300th show. Well, All of, you could listen. You could, if you if you want to go back into the archives and start yeah. listening, go to podbean.com and search for Paranormal Underground. You can listen to your heart's content, and they automatically push those to iTunes. So if you want to go to your, your iTunes mm-hmm. um, podcast area, uh, search for Paranormal Underground. You also have the access. I don't know if iTunes keeps all of the shows on there. I'm not actually quite sure, but they have a lot of them on there. Okay, so. the reason I was well, the reason I was asking is we had a listener who um, connected me on Facebook for friends, mm-hmm. and she was asking. She goes, "I'm going, you know, she loves to listen to them. Um, not she can't do them live, you know, because of work, but she listens to them there. Yeah. But it's like so. It's like, but she's like, I went on there, and they're like from February. I can't find anything newer. I'm like, well, I thought that you know it automatically pops it over. It so I does. Don't know the, the the problem with February is we took two weeks off. And I was slow in getting one of the episodes up. Oh, so that's there was three weeks of a gap. And yeah. I've actually got some emails myself from people. Hey, are you still oh, doing the podcast? Okay, it's because right, okay. we had a, a, an extended okay. break and then I didn't put yeah. one up on time. So sorry about that. <laughs> oh, okay. All yes, right, that's fine. I, what I try and do is get them up the week that we have the show. Right. Uh, that doesn't always happen depending on my schedule. <laughs> so I am sorry, but I, know, I do. You're I busy try. Lady. But I, I, I yeah, they should well, they should be up within a timely manner usually. Well, I told her just go to MixLR because they got the show reel. That's on. Isn't it like automatic? That is done? automatic. Now that mm-hmm. happens automatically um, every week to MixLR. Go to Paranormal Underground show reel, and mm-hmm. anything since we started here on MixLR will be up there. Um, yes. We don't have the past shows since we started. When did we start on MixLR? Like, um, uh, I don't know. Whew, I don't even That's know. That's a good but question. A few months ago, maybe. Yeah, I can't probably. remember. But those ones automatically go up every night after the mm-hmm. show. Yeah, so we need to get more followers, of course. We have, uh, well, right now we're showing 43 followers. Uh, total listens, 1,000 and whatever. But, um, yes, we need more followers so that people are listening. Get your family and your friends and people that you know. Have them come and check us out, you know. Gavin, you know, people, come on, dude, hook us up, you know. <laughs> 
get some people here to listen to us because I think we really, uh, I, th- I mean, I, I'm a little biased because I'm on the show, but I mean, I really think that we have good content and it's entertaining and I think it's worth listening to. So, I mean, you know, we just need to, 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 yeah. to get it going. I would, li- I would love to see more live listeners. We do get the bulk of our listenership on podcasts, um, for instance, yes. I think. Um, and I'd like to see this number go up as well. But on average, we, we get about 10,000 listeners a month on average over time. Sometimes okay. that's more. Sometimes yeah. that's less. It just depends. Okay. Over time, it's about 10,000 a, a month. I mean, it, we're growing, obviously. And we, um, we just really appreciate our listeners. And if you have any suggestions while we're talking about our listeners, please email us. Um, you can catch Chuck on Facebook. Chuck, what's your Facebook? Uh, my fa- well, you can just go. To, you just see me at Chuck Gotsky, or okay. you can go to the Chucky G community, which is basically for my uh, investigating or my psychic stuff. Or you know, it's it's all uh, encumbered into the Chucky G community now. So cool. And then you can go to Paranormal Underground on Facebook. I'll just search Paranormal Underground; it'll come up, and you can write us there. Um, we get a lot of um, people writing in. Sometimes they like to just you know, talk about their experiences. Sometimes they tell us to check out a certain person that's in the paranormal field. We get all sorts of suggestions. So we like those. Yeah. Keep them coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, look at that. We did the, sh- we got the show done. Wow. It's already 11 o'clock my gonna, time. What the heck? It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll take us out. Yes. Uh, normally I don't take us out. Karen does this, but I have to do it tonight because Karen's not here. Mm-hmm. Oh, she had a good time with her family. Um, okay. So, this was Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. You were listening to me, Chucky G, and Cheryl Knight Wilson, along with our wonderful guest, Gavin Lee Davies. So I hope you had a good time tonight. Uh, catch us next week on MixLR, you know, the same times that we normally are on, which is, what are the times, Cheryl? Because I'm not used to saying the times. I know my time, we, it's 8 p.m. Central. We you know, are here. on uh, every Thursday, usually mm-hmm. every Thursday, 6 yeah, p.m. Usually. Pacific, 8, 8 p.m. Central. Yeah. And 9 p.m. Eastern. There you go. That's all the times. That's the day. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We love y'all. We'll see you next week. Good night. Good night. If you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, email us at editor at paranormalunderground.net. And until next week, remember this. If something looks out of place or doesn't feel quite right, it could just be something paranormal.